Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello and welcome to the Daily Home Edit, the podcast from the team at Home Beautiful Magazine. I'm Sarah Berman and today I'm joined in the studio by Unsung Icons writer, comedian, author, David Smeet. Hello, David. Hi, thanks for having me. <laughs> so today we're keeping it pretty loose. We just thought we'd chat about some of our favourite icons that we featured in the magazine. And the reason we want to do that is because this is one of our most beloved pages in the magazine. David, do you want to just briefly share what the page is about for those who haven't actually read it before? Of course. So unsung icons are about all those things we grew up with that almost faded into the background when we were kids, but you look back on now and... and say things like, boy, do you remember the fondue set we had? Do you remember the sunken lounge? Do you remember the above ground pool? So those things we all grew up with, some of which have come back into fashion, some of which have been mercifully relegated to never talk of it again. Uh, But it does all those things from our memories, our collective aesthetic memories. One of my favourite things to do is actually the brainstorm for the Unsung Icons page, which where we all share our memories and we talk about what we think is worthy of being included on the page, which has proved to be incredibly fruitful. Like just when you think we couldn't possibly come up with any more, there's another one. (laughs) Like there's another, we schedule in another five. It's just amazing how many we've come up with. And it's been, because it's been going for years now. We've been doing this this podcast ever since we didn't know what Kardashian meant. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like a holiday resort in Turkey, is it? (laughs) So one of my favourite ones that I wanted to talk about today was the above ground pools. Yes. I have distinct memories as a child of my father and all my uncles in the backyard (laughs) digging a big hole to install one of those well, I don't know if they were cheap. I guess they were inexpensive if you were literally digging the hole yourself. Um, one of those things that you just pop up. And to this day, that pool still stands. Wow. The above ground was a cheaper option than the in-ground pool. Well, it seemed to be either in-ground or the cheaper above ground. I don't really remember there being any in between. Oh, no. There, were, there, there was no semi-submersible. <laughs> yeah, no. When it came to pools, uh, but the the above ground for some reason just had a more chill vibe to it. You, you, it didn't come in kidney shape, unfortunately. But the <laughs> no. you, it was almost like a big bathtub, and you and the the fact that you could stand up, stand in the above ground because there was no shallow or deep end. <laughs> no, it was it just it was just four round. Feet. It was four so feet. um, you it. you could stand in it as a as an adult person, and the water would come to to just below nipple height, depending on your age and gravity, and you could have a beer in one hand and a, and, and a ciggy in the other and be swimming. 
Yeah, as I mentioned, ours is still, mum and dad's are still standing, but I think one of the changes they had to make over the year was just replacing the plastic lining, <laughs> which <laughs> which when it was installed was um, dark blue and I think it had like a ripple effect on it. Mm. But then years Fancy. and years and years of just chucking full cups of chlorine every night into it bleached it to almost white. <laughs> it was the, yeah, it, the thing about above ground and pools in general is that you look back on it now and it's bizarre that we handed over massive amounts of chemicals to, to people who had no qualifications <laughs> to handle massive amounts of chemicals and there was no measuring done. There were, it wasn't back in the day where some um, appropriate person could come over and say, this is what you need to put into this massive bath into which your children will be diving any minute. Uh, so we just, yeah, grow cupfuls of, of, of chemicals. <laughs> and the only time that you realised that you'd put in too much was if temporary blindness struck one of your offspring. <laughs> yeah, so true. And actually, one of my childhood jobs was on occasion being the one who got the cup dug into the big bag of chlorine <laughs> fumes like flying everywhere, carrying it over to the pool and chucking it in. don't know that that would be a kosher job to give a young child. No, <laughs> or, or, or anyone. Even, even you know, you, 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 dads often took the mantle of, of, of chlorine sheriff. <laughs> and, you know, you looked at the, these people, I know my dad particularly, you, you watched them pouring anything that needed careful measurement. Let's call it a tot of scotch. And they were <laughs> never on. It was always way too much. My father-in-law actually has a reputation for putting so much chlorine in the pool that when you get out of the pool, you know, when that, that feeling when your skin is just like, there's no, you can't actually rub it. Like you put your hand on your skin and it won't move because yeah. all of the moisture has been sucked out of the skin. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You'd come out looking like a, like a piece of squinting luggage. <laughs> One of the other great things about the pools, of course, were all the toys and accessories that went in the pool. So good. Pool ponies were absolutely at the top of the, top of the list. One of my favourite memories. It was this polo for people. poor people. It was great. <laughs> they had such a distinctive look as well with the big eyes on the side. I don't know that they actually resembled ponies. What would you say that they well, looked like? It, yes, a mythical <laughs> creatures of, of some description. And if you stayed on long enough, which most of us did, you had that, that special summer chafe on the on the inside of your thighs. <laughs> yeah. That the combination between that and overchlorination was always fun trying to get to sleep that night, and a bit of sunburn as well. <laughs> Another one of our favourite childhood games was one that I think we just invented ourselves because that's what you did in the eighties. Where we got those cheap plastic balls. <laughs> it was mm. Yeah, that kids, we made our own fun. <laughs> Yes, we just got a whole bunch of them and my brother invented this game called Brandings where we just threw the plastic balls at each other as hard as we possibly could with the aim of creating a red welt. Oh, <laughs> yeah, well, welt games were, were, were hugely popular, uh, especially if you, got, if you could get a tennis ball and pop that into the, the in-ground pool as well because that, that you did some special special welting there. A wet tennis so ball. A wet tennis ball was always great, so much so that if you if – you, aimed it with enough vigour and uh, to a particularly delicate part of the body, you can have the words Dunlop actually on the other person's body. <laughs> Coming up in our February issue, we're actually covering on Unsung Icons the very famous Creepy Crawly. Yes. With a K. I thought it was with a C. No, with a, with a, with a K. I don't know if it came through some kind of trademark, but the Creepy Crawly was actually 
invented in South Africa where I grew up, but made its way all throughout uh, the, the Southern Hemisphere, certainly, where you could swim. We're a pool-loving nation. A pool-loving nation. And the great thing about the creepy crawly was that, now, I don't, there must be some, maybe, you know how, how the Germans have great words for things that English doesn't have, like schadenfreude? There must be a German word for fear of a shark in an enclosed space <laughs> because anyone, any kid who ever swam, you just had the thought there could be a shark in the pool, even though all contrary evidence was against that. You thought there could be a shark in the pool and the creepy crawly just had to brush your leg and you could <laughs> levitate. You could Jesus walk on water from out of the pool on, onto, the, onto the grass from that, just a little brush of the leg. And the noise it made, I like that too, the tucka, 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 tucka. It was almost like as much of the summer soundscape as cicadas. <laughs> I must admit, we weren't posh enough to have a creepy crawly. We had the old school, I don't know, what's it called? You had to get in there with practically a mop for the pool. Oh, right. Like yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, not everybody had the creepy crawly. Wow. For me, it was quite ubiquitous in many ways. And they all got these weird names afterwards. Like, they, for some reason, creepy crawly wasn't quite powerful enough. So they got, now they called things like barracuda and... And predator and, and, you know, slime killer and stuff like that. What what rock and roll bands used to be called. <laughs> well, I'm not quite sure how to end this episode other than to say thank you for joining us, David Speed. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you for having me. It's been great. <laughs> Please rate, review and subscribe to The Daily Home Edit and we'll catch you next time. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.